0: May take a seat. God, I love that song. I, I think, I think one of the reasons I love that song when it talks about mercy falling is, is uh, elevation put out that album like right before we launched Second Chance, and it was just one of those songs I listened to on repeat over and over. I'm that kind of person. If I like a song, I'm gonna listen to it about 50 times in a row. Anybody with me on that? Yeah. Okay. Um. So when I put together a message, when I put together a message, I, I've got. A couple things I want to do. I want to try to teach something new, and then I want to try to hit some some review stuff. So if it ever seems like I'm repeating myself, um, I'm doing it most of the time on purpose. Okay, most of the time, because old people we repeat ourselves. Old people we repeat ourselves, and so I, I want you to know that most of the time it's very very intentional. So with all that being said. Um, if you've ever heard me preach, or you know anything about me, you know that um, I am I am not <laughs> I am not an intellectual giant. Like no nobody has ever left a service here and went, man, he's deep. Because that usually means I'm confused. I don't know what that means. I mean, I, in fact, most of the people when they meet me in the lobby, they're like, thank you for making it so simple that I can understand. And I'm like. I thought that was the best I've got. Like, I didn't make it simple. It just, I'm just not a very smart person. So I don't have really big what I call SAT words. Y'all remember the SAT? I made a, made a 790 on it. It was great. Um, and somebody's like, don't you get 400? Yes, you get four, I'm stupid, okay? I just made that point. So, um, oh, yeah. So, so I'm not a smart person. So I don't have really big words to describe things that I like to say, and so this term that I'm about to use, most people will understand it. It's a little bit crude, but you'll understand what I'm asking. How many people in this room have ever had what I call a brain fart? You've had a brain fart? You know what a brain fart is? Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, (laughs) It's when you walk into a room to get something, and when you get in the room, you forget why you walked into the room. Anybody? Are you looking for your phone and it's in your hand the entire time you're looking for your phone hmm are you this is my favorite because I do this you're talking to somebody and you stop the conversation and you tilt your head and you go what was I talking about like like you forget okay the reason I bring that up is because we've all probably had a brain fart or two at some point in our in our lives and that's true spiritually as well that Isn't it funny that there are times, there are times and seasons, and if you're a Christian, if you've been a Christian for like five minutes, you'll get this, okay? There are times and seasons where we believe in the power of God. We believe in the presence of God. We believe in miracles. We believe in God's word. We are like in, and then there are times where we're like, we forget it. Like something happens and we forget all about the promises and the protection and the presence of God and we, abs- we have a spiritual brain fart and we freak out. Now, <laughs> that happens to all of us. Some of us, that's, that's called Monday, okay? That's what happens to us every single Monday. And so for, for people in this room, for everybody in this room, what I did with the message that I put together today um, is I'm talking about a miracle that I've never talked about in the, and it's been in the Bible the whole time, but I've never preached on this particular miracle in over 30 years because um, I've never seen some of the stuff that I've seen. And if you, if you love taking notes, you've got an outline for three weeks in a row. Thank you very much. Um, and what we're going to do in this outline is we're going to talk about this miracle. And I'm going to walk you through seven prayers that you can pray. Um, and out of all these seven prayers, there's going to be one. There's going to be one that really stands out to you. There's going to be one. You're going to be like, okay, the seven were good, but this one right here really stands out to me. But one of the reasons I put this together is because a lot of people say, well, I don't know how to pray, Pastor P. I don't know how to pray. And this is real cool because you can just take um, prayer number one, you can pray it on Monday. Prayer number two, you can pray it on Tuesday. Prayer number three, you can pray it. And by next Sunday, you have prayed every day for seven days. It's just one sentence. And some people are like, a sentence? Yeah, that's all you got to do. So Some people, the reason we think we can't pray is because we heard too many fake people pray. Oh, snap. Okay, so anyway, um, what I wanna do is I want to, I kinda wanna walk through seven prayers that we can pray that I think will absolutely impact our lives on an incredibly deep level. And the reason I'm teaching this is because I'll say it next week. Here we go, here we go. Prayer number one, prayer number one, prayer number one. Jesus, help me to be more aware of your presence. Jesus, help me to be more aware of your presence. Have you you ever been unaware of somebody else's presence in the room and then all of a sudden you see it and you freak out, right? Or this is even better. Has somebody been unaware of your presence and you've heard them talking about you while you're in the room? That's actually happened to me a time or two. I always make myself known by the way. I'm like, how y'all doing? It's good to see y'all. Were you listening to every word? Your sermon illustration now. Congratulations, sir. Rick. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, don't even, I just made Rick up. If you're hearing your name's Rick, I'm sorry. At least I didn't care. In. By the way, I talked about Karen last week and then we had a first-timer come through and I said, what's your name? She said, Karen. Karen. I said, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus, help me to be more aware of your presence because this is, this is what I hear from people. And, and listen, I'm not picking on you because I've thought it too. I just wish God would be more vocal sometimes. I've had people go, I wish God would speak to me audibly. Let me put cars on the table and say, I, I don't want that. I, like, like, if that ever happens, I'm, I would freak out. I've never heard God's audible voice, I, but, but God makes himself very clear. Like, have you seen a sunrise or a sunset? That's God speaking. That's God just saying, hey, I'm here. I'm gonna do it different this time. Look at this. Side. I'm gonna put this cloud here and the orange and the purple and Clemson and go Tigers. That's what he did. I mean, I just, that's what I see. I see God being a Clemson fan. Um, but God is always speaking. His word is alive. And when we show up at church, I feel like God speaks and moves here every week. And what if, what if God was around us all the time? Side note, he is. It's just that we became more aware of his presence. How powerful could that be? And this prayer right here, it's a setup because in Matthew chapter 14, um, we're going to wind up at chapter 15, but let me do a little backtracking. In chapter 14, the disciples got to see Jesus pull off the ultimate miracle. In fact, there's one miracle in the Bible that's mentioned in detail in all four gospels. We have four accounts of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this one particular miracle is mentioned in all four gospels. It's the feeding of the 5,000. And and this is epic because Jesus is like, there's all these people, and I feel sorry for them. What we're gonna do? And the disciples are like, well, we don't know. And I think Peter probably stole the kids' lunch and had five loaves and two fish. And they were like, well, here you go, Jesus. What can you do with this? And Jesus said, well, just put it in my hands. And then he fed everybody. And they took. And, and that, that was that would have to be an awesome miracle. Like if you could show up to see a miracle, I, that would be at the top of the list. But after that, Jesus made the disciples get in a boat and said, so go out on the lake, and I'll, he said, I'll, I'll catch up with you. That's, I'm sure he said that in the Hebrew, okay? He said, I'll catch up with you. And so they get out in the lake, and does anybody, Matthew chapter 14, does anybody remember what happens when they get out in the lake? They wind up in the middle of a what? See, that's, that, that'll mess with your theology a little bit because some people will teach you as long as you're following Jesus, you'll never go in through a storm. And the disciples were in the storm because Jesus told them to, to go. But, miracle number two, they're in the storm, they're looking around, and then Peter's like, is that Jesus walking on the water? And Thomas said, I doubt it. And, (laughs) church humor, And, and Jesus comes to them walking on the water, which I just want to say to the person, in the middle of a storm today, it's... It's in the middle of the storm where we can see Jesus in ways we've never seen him before. And it's amazing that Jesus walked on water, but that he walked on water in a storm. And, oh, and just by the way, I forgot to tell the last service this. It, if you look at the distance he walked, it was, he walked over a mile on water in a storm to get to, his, to get to his guys. And in that moment, they were completely aware of his presence because when he got in the boat, the storm died down. Then they got to see him do some more miracles. I'm just saying, what if, what if we became more aware of God's presence? How could that affect our lives? I think it would be absolutely amazing. I, I, I love the fact that, that when we started this church, we, we, we did so because we wanted to create an environment where people, all people could experience the presence of God every single week And I don't think we've ever had, in fact, let me back up. I know we've never had a Sunday where he didn't show up and show out in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Amen? Amen. All right, good. Which leads to prayer number two. Prayer number two is, (laughs) Jesus, help me to see that even if I've been rejected by religion, I've been accepted by you. Jesus, help me to see that even if I've been rejected by religion, I've been accepted by you. Now, I'm going to do a survey. I need you to be honest. I know typically you're not honest in church. You just tell people you're fine. How am I doing? I'm fine, fine, I'm fine, fine. Just got the worst fight in my life on the way to church. My wife and my kids, but I'm fine. How many people... Whew can't wait for the 5 o'clock answer on this one. Um, how many people would be honest with me today, notice my hands up, and admit that you've been kicked out of something in your life? It was the skating rink, a restaurant, a bar, a movie. Oh, more hands are going up. Yeah, you are making out in the movie theater, got kicked out. That <laughs> wasn't when you were teenagers. Last week, you're 42. Stop it. Um, but... I've been kicked out. Been kicked out of movies. Been kicked out of bars. Been kicked out of theaters. (laughs) Been kicked out of church. (laughs) I know a guy. Anyway, I just, I, I just listen. You gotta just, you gotta own it, okay? I'm just saying that there's a lot of people that have had a bad church experience, and and I understand that. But please, listen to me. Please don't let your bad church experience be a bad Jesus experience. Because, because sometimes, sometimes churches, churches are talking about God, but they're not representing him very well. And I'm just saying, I, and listen, listen. if you're in any church long enough, you'll have a bad church experience. But just because you've been rejected by religion doesn't mean you've been rejected by Jesus. In fact, sometimes we have to go through the experience of rejection so we can know who, whose acceptance really does matter. And, and so, so think about this. In Jesus' day, now we talked about this before, so this is a review. But in Jesus' day, if you had any sort of physical problem, that meant you had a spiritual problem. So blind, deaf, crippled, lame people, they couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't, if you couldn't go to the temple, you couldn't have a sacrifice made for your sins. If you couldn't have a sacrifice made for your sins, you weren't forgiven. If you weren't forgiven, then you were condemned. So if you had any sort of disease like that, you were considered to be condemned. Leprosy, anything, you, you were not welcome at the temple. Watch this. This is the reason this matters so much. This is so cool. Matthew 15, 29 through 31. Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast, watch this, watch this. A vast crowd brought to him People who were lame, blind, crippled. I started reading this, I was like, this is our church. <laughs> no, seriously. Spiritually, we are lame, blind, crippled, and those who couldn't speak, and many others. Watch this. They laid them before Jesus and he healed them. What's that word on three? One, two, three? Oh, whoa. Okay. The crowd was amazed. Thank you, Matthew. That's an understatement. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking and the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. They praised the, whoa, they praised the God of Israel. The God of Israel that they couldn't go praise at the temple because they weren't welcome. But this is what's so powerful about the presence of God is all these people, like people would take their, friend that was crippled and bring them to Jesus and they would say I want to trust you with my friend and then Jesus would heal their friend because here's the thing about when we create an environment where people can experience the presence of God this is what I know if you keep showing up God will change your life because you can't be consistently in the presence of Jesus and be the same. It's impossible. There was nobody there that Jesus, like let's say there was a blind person Jesus walking up and the guy was like, nope, nope. Heard you coming. Because he couldn't see because he was blind, blind. Okay, so heard you coming. And um, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to be fixed. I'm just blind and I'm just glad that you love and accept my blindness. And, and all of us would call that crazy. No, he can heal you. But then some of us will show up at church and be like, no, 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 no. I'm good with my addiction. I'm good with that habit. And it's, it's kind of funny because I know, I know. And when we get in the presence of Jesus, he starts changing us in his time, not ours, and making us into the man or the woman that we need to be. And can you imagine the environment that this, can, can, was there some excitement going on? Like a mom and a dad, can you imagine? You got your blind child, and the mom and the dad, they bring their child to Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, our child can't see. And Jesus puts his hand on the child, and the child can see. Do You think the mom and dad went... Amen, praise the Lord. No, they are jumping, and and it's all of a sudden this guy, this this guy, he has a wife, and she can't talk, and he brings his wife to Jesus who can't talk, and Jesus heals her. (laughs) Hour later, he brings her back, and he says, can you dial it down? I just just made that up just to make sure you all are paying attention, all right? (laughs) there were some husbands that laughed a little too quick when I said that I'm just I'm just saying when we get in the presence of God miracles are possible and if you've been rejected by religion you have not been rejected by Jesus you are here listen isn't it funny that there are people in this room that said I'll never go to church again and look at you getting rejected by Jesus or getting rejected by religion and accepted by Jesus That'll probably get clipped and put on the internet. and That's fine. <laughs> prayer number three. Oh, this one will mess with you. Jesus, help me to see people <laughs> as you see people. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you this, one, this one's going to mess with you. In fact, I, I had a friend after the last service, and I asked him, I said, which prayer stood out to you the most? And they said it was this one. Um, Because everybody in this room, everybody watching online, all of us, you have a person or a group of people in your life that when you see them, they get on your last freaking nerve. Like when you see them coming, you're like, oh. When their, when their number pops up on your phone, let's be honest now, when their number pops up on your phone, you're like, I don't have the energy for this. I just don't have, I need to change my number. I, oh God. Yeah, We all have these people in our life, am I correct? Yes? Yeah. Now, if you're sitting there going, I don't, I don't have anybody like that. Well, you're that person in a lot of people's life, okay? So just, <laughs> we're praying for you. We're praying. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is, how, how much would it impact us if we began to see people like Jesus sees people? It's, it's real hard. Well, let me, I'll get to that. Let me, let me hit this scripture because it's so good. Watch this. Watch this. Um, then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. In other words, Jesus said, I see this group of people and I, I have compassion on them. I feel sorry for them. Um, They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. And he said, I don't want to send them away hungry, or they will faint along the way. And I read that and went, three days? Shoot, I'm hungry after three hours. I'm I'm hangry after three hours. There are people in this room, when you get hangry, if you could lose your salvation, you would, because it's just... But think about this. Jesus saw these people, and he didn't see them. He didn't see them as a burden. He saw them as an opportunity for a blessing. Jesus does not see you as a burden. Jesus is not, when you pray, Jesus is not like, oh, God, it's John again. (laughs) And I'm telling you, when you start seeing people like Jesus sees people, he starts messing with your heart. I don't like it because there's some people I want to be—I want to be mad at certain people. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. Some people in this room. You're just some people. You're like, no, I don't want to be. I am. I, I'm just telling you. Shannon and I, Shannon, and my wife, we we got in an argument this week. I don't know if you and your wife argue. We argue. We do it right. <laughs> we 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 get we are we are two emotional people and. We we say things sometimes. I know this is going to be hard because y'all think that we go home and have, you know, polish our halos and we sit and we just read scripture and pray. No, we got in an argument, and and uh, and it like we were we were uh, there were high pitched voices involved. Let me just say that some of y'all are like never heard a pastor be dishonest. <laughs> what are y'all gonna do? Fire me? Anyway, so I just we were we were arguing. We were arguing, and uh, it. Like, I went to bed mad. She went to bed mad. Next morning, I woke up. I knew the same thing every morning. I get up, make my coffee, um, and I go upstairs and I'm, I read my Bible. And I told God, because you, you can tell God things. On my way upstairs, I was like, God, I don't want to talk about Shannon this morning. I just want to talk about you and your presence and your glory and your honor and your majesty. And as soon as I opened my Bible, he started speaking. He's like, You know that that prayer about. You're preaching on this weekend, by the way, hypocrite. <laughs> he said, Why don't why don't you just pause right now and pray that you could see Shannon the way I see Shannon? And I went, because I don't want to. <laughs> this really has like I'm right, God, I am right. I am right, and she is wrong. And I can prove it on paper. And God, I'm telling you this, listen, this will, this will mess up your marriage in the best sort of way. Because when you start praying for your spouse this way, you, you can't stay mad at him. I came back downstairs and was just like, I'm so sorry for I said this. And I said, she said, I'm so sorry. And it was, it was great. We made up. It's, it's awesome now. It's wonderful. But it happened because I'm preaching a message and I, I'm up here telling y'all, I'm not preaching all this because I've got it figured out. I'm still a work in progress. But when you start asking God to let you see people the way he sees people, there's this thing in you called compassion that's just going to come out. It's crazy. It's happened to me more in the past seven years than it did the previous, like, 45 and uh, people used to just, now people still get on my nerves but but not as much. All right, here we go. <laughs> Prayer where we at? Prayer number 4. Here we go. Um oh yeah, this is a good one. I mean, they're all good, but like this one, I like this one. Jesus, help me to understand that if you brought me to it, you will see me through it. Some of y'all are like, "Why are there so many freaking blanks to fill in?" I do that because I don't want y'all to guess it. Um, I really do try to think through that. Another way to say this is, Jesus, help me to understand that you're faithful, but I, I thought that writing more stuff out would be better. Um, no, I really did. Jesus, help me to understand that if you brought me to it, you will see me through it. I wonder if I'm the only person in this room that, that wrestles with, okay, God's brought me this far, but I'm absolutely sure that he's, well, he's going to let me fail. There there are people in this room that got, listen, for those of, somebody needs to hear this today. You feel bad about where you are spiritually because you don't think you're as far as you should be? Look how far you've come. No, seriously, look how far you've come. God God has brought so many of us so far. And if he, He brought us to this place. He didn't bring us. He's good and he's faithful. He didn't bring us here to watch us fail. Prove it to you. Watch this. Um, The disciples replied, Where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Okay. Okay honest, does anybody in this room, when you're watching a football game or a sporting event on the television, you yell instructions at the television? Be honest, raise your hand, be honest, yeah, run, run, get him, get him. And like, it's not like the player on the television is going to turn around and go, thank you. I did not think of running. That is what I shall do now. You are a wise person, Obi-Wan. No. Or how many just Basic television, you're going you're to commentate on the show. As the show is happening, you're providing a running commentary. How many, do, how many do this? How many husbands are sitting next to a wife that does this? Okay, Shannon does this. Shannon be like, he's a psychopath. I'm like, what? just stop for a minute. Oh, my gosh. The reason I say that is because I remember, I remember I was reading my Bible one time, and I got to this verse right here, and when I read it, I was like, Guys, he did it in the last chapter. And Matthew, just flip a page over. I'm not even talking about it. You got to go forward. Just look at what he did in the last. Just flip a page. Matthew, you're writing this down. Flip a page. Oh, hold on, guys. I read right here in the last chapter. He's done this before. It's like it's like we come up with, we get in circumstances if we think God has never seen this and there's no way. But He's, I remember yelling at my Bible. He, he's done this before. Now, if you look at a timeline, it could have been as few as two months and as many as six months, but you would think if Jesus had, if you had seen Jesus feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish six months ago, you would think he could do it again, right? It puts put it this way. The greatest player to ever play basketball, in my opinion, is... This guy right here. Now, I know, I know, listen, listen. It's a generational thing. I get that. It's a generational thing. My generation thinks it's Jordan. Uh, next generation thinks it's LeBron. And, uh, and you'll, get, you'll get smart one day. But, but I, no, I just, listen, LeBron is, is amazing. He's a phenomenal player. I just remember watching Jordan play basketball. And there was nothing, listen, if you're around my age, I'm 52. And in the 1990s, when Jordan was playing with the Bulls, if they had one possession left and time was running out and Jordan had the ball, you just knew they were going to win. You just knew it. I remember, I can remember. I can remember being at Applebee's one night, which that's a confession in and of itself, but you got to understand, Applebee's, (laughs) back me up here, people, Applebee's used to be a thing, okay? Now it's the restaurant you go to when you can't get in the restaurant you wanted to go to, but Applebee's used to be the thing. And I remember being at Applebee's one night, and the game was on, and Jordan hit the winning shot, and everybody in Applebee's, we we didn't even know each other. We're grabbing and hugging each other. We're not even from Chicago. We weren't easily, right? But we were so excited (laughs) because you knew Jordan was going to hit the shot. You would think that just one of the disciples, just just one of the guys was like, would have been like, oh, snap. Oh, God. He, he's going to do it again. He's going to, remember that? He's just passing out the bread. Oh, you, you would have figured he had at least one hype guy, one flavor flavor going, yeah, boy. You, you would have figured. <laughs> One guy going, y'all sit down, don't worry your head. Jesus is about to break bread. Ladies and gentlemen, raise your glass. We're going to kick Satan's... Out. Okay, so I'm just making sure you're paying attention. But they forgot about the miracle that happened in the last chapter. And I believe there's some people here today that you're stressed And maybe, maybe, just maybe today God wants us to pause and think about the last time we were in a situation like this and needed a miracle. He came through. And if he brought you to it he'll see you through it. Hey, this is as much for me as it is for anybody in the room. A couple weeks ago I had one of those old crap moments. You know what an old crap moment is. And I was driving down the road. I was talking to our builder for the, we're we're still working on Greenville campus and buying land. And we got to build a parking deck to have enough parking spaces because the city of Greenville wants green space. And we get that green space, Greenville, whatever. So we got to build a parking deck. And and I said, okay, just 30,000 foot view. How much is it going to cost? And he told me. And I said, oh, <laughs> okay. And um, I drove home, and I, and I was freaking out. You ever freaked out internally, but you're trying to hold it together externally? But then you get around certain people that know you, and Shannon's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I got alone. I got alone. I'm going to talk more about this next week. I'm going to try not to Um. God just, I felt like God asked me the question, when's the last time I brought you to a place that I didn't sustain you through? And, and that's for somebody in this room today. When's the last time he brought you to a place in your life that he didn't sustain you through? If he brought you to it, he'll see you through it. This is for the person that is, maybe you're here today and you're considering giving your life to Christ and you're like, I can't do, I can't, Do it, you're right, he can. That's why he comes to live inside of you and he empowers you to live the life that you could never live apart from him. All right, let's go on to the, where are we at? Lost my place, there we go. There we go, prayer number five. Jesus, help me to see and use what you have given me. Help me to see and use what you have given me. Now, <laughs> what Jesus does next on the surface doesn't make sense because Jesus said, I feel compassion for these people. And the disciples like, well, there are no food trucks here, so we are we going to find bread to get, feed all these people? Watch this. Well, this is crazy. Watch this. Um, Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? And if I'm one of the disciples, I'm like, why does that matter? Because I don't have enough to feed all these people. There are four thousand men there, plus women and children. Right, we don't have enough, like how much, how much bread do you have? In other words, Jesus said, "Don't miss this. Don't miss this." What do you have in your hand right now? And this is for the person that says, "Well, I will serve God one day." When? Nope. What do you have in your hand right now? What what abilities do you have in your hand? Right now, some of you are like, well, I can't, I can't preach, I can't teach, I can't sing. Can you organize? There's some people in this room that you can organize things. And if it wasn't for people like you, people like me wouldn't be able to find their clothes in the morning, right? Because Shannon is the most, she organizes, now she reorganizes once a month. But here's what's insane. I'll be like, baby, my blue pen, second drawer in the middle. That's good. My $63 million, that is somewhere, I don't know where it is. She, she don't know where that is. Anyway, Jesus said, how much bread do you have? They replied, <laughs> seven loaves and a few small fish. I don't know, I don't know if it, why they had to say small fish. It's not like a big fish would have mattered with 4,000 people. But they said, now, here's, here's what I want to focus on real quick. Um, seven 7 in the bible is the number of completion. So when they told Jesus, we have 7 loaves, I think I can't prove this. I just think Jesus went uh-huh. 7 number of complete got 7 7 but but they couldn't wrap their minds around it because they thought they had to have oh, they thought they had to have More, in order for Jesus to use them where they were. And I'm talking to the person today, you wish you had, I wish I was more godly. I wish I had more faith. I wish I knew more about the Bible. And Jesus goes, yeah, yeah, what do you have right now that you can just give me? Because it's amazing what happens when we take what we have and we put it in his hands. Which leads to prayer number six. Here we go. Prayer number six is, uh, Jesus, give me the strength and courage to take my next step. Now, if you've been around Second Chance for more than a Sunday or two, you've, you've heard this language a lot. Next step, next step. Everybody has a next step. Everybody, all of us, have a next step. What's your next step? What if we started praying for the strength and courage to take our next step? By the way. The next step that Jesus wants us to take requires a step of faith. Watch what happens. This is great. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground, which was a miracle that he got four thousand people to do. There was more than four thousand. So he told all the people to sit down, and then he took the seven loaves and fish, and he thanked God for them. And he broke them into pieces, isn't it greater? Isn't it funny that things go further when they're broken? And for those that are dealing with some brokenness in your life, I want you to know that God's going to take that brokenness and take you further in your life than you ever imagined because he takes broken things and makes them beautiful all the time. It's who he is, it's what he does. He's, he's a master creator working us into a masterpiece for his glory. That was free, I'm not even going to charge y'all for that, all right? Here we go. And he broke them into pieces. He gave them to disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. So let's go back to the prayer. Let's go back to the prayer. Jesus, give me the strength and courage to take my next step. So what's your next step? Because their next step, it it didn't make sense. Jesus said, give me what you got, because if I was one of the disciples, I would have probably bargained with Jesus. I got seven loaves, I'll give you four. I got seven loaves, I'll give you I'll give you, I'll give you six and a half. But but they gave Jesus everything they have they've got. They gave Jesus everything. They gave him what? They gave him on three, one, two, three. Yeah. Now I know what y'all are thinking. Y'all are thinking, oh, this is a setup he's gonna talk about money. I knew it. Hold on to your wallet, Marge. Hold it, hold on to it. They probably got one of them card readers that scans our credit card number as soon as we walk in the door. We do. Um, but that's not what's important. What's important here is I'm not talking about giving him all your money. What if you gave him all your guilt? What if you gave him all your shame? See, he didn't want just, if we got seven loads of shame in our life, he didn't want five, he wants all seven. That thing that we struggle with, that we can't forgive ourselves, he, he wants us to give, give him that. Now, this is, what, this is what I saw in the text, and I, I'm not saying this was the case. I'm saying it's a possibility. Maybe, just maybe, the disciples did remember the miracle, but they didn't want to do the work. Let me explain. When Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, who had to pass it all out and then take it all back up? The disciples. It probably took a minute, didn't it? Think they were sweating a little bit? So maybe, and I don't know, we don't know, but maybe they were like, oh, God, he's going to do it again. Remember last time we were taking up stuff, we had to pass it out, and that one guy got mad because his fish wasn't cooked right, and we told Jesus, and then Jesus said, it's sushi, shut up. And Anyway, so maybe they didn't want to put in the work. And sometimes, sometimes we get mad at God for things that is, they're actually our fault. For, for example, I just say it's January. Um, so, man, if I were a gym, if I, I wish I could open up a gym and call it a New Year's Resolution Gym. <laughs> and you're open in January, and that's it. <laughs> Most people wouldn't know. <clears throat> right? Because we joined the gym and then two weeks later we're like, I had not lost any weight. Have you gone? No, I had not gone to the gym, but I joined it. We we are afraid to put in the work. Or we over-spiritualize. Have you ever, (laughs) I remember hearing this girl sing one time and afterwards I was like, I just want you to know that that was amazing. You did amazing. And she was like, it was just, it was all Jesus. It was just all Jesus. And I was like, I mean, it wasn't that good. I mean, it, I mean, let's be honest. If it, was, it wasn't Jesus because if Jesus would have been singing, it would have been spectacular. It was God using you. That's why when people say, well, God's going to do it all, God's going to do it all, God's going to do it all, he's actually going to do it all through our obedience. Supernatural is when God puts his super on our natural. So let's not get angry at God when he's not helping us do something when we're not willing to take steps in accordance with his will in order to match up with what he wants us to do. That's tense, isn't it? I'll end with something good. Here we go. We'll skip through these verses real quick. Bam, bam. Number seven, Jesus, help me to fully surrender, understanding that your ways are better than my ways. Now, I got, I got to be honest with you. I grew up in a church. Um, that they used to sing a hymn every once in a while for invitation. And I went to a Baptist church. And I went to a Baptist church, I've talked about this before, where, like, they were going to sing until somebody walked down. Every once in a while, we'd just kind of look up and down the road because somebody had to take one for the team, go forward, and just make up a sin, confess it. And one of the hymns they would sing was I Surrender All. Y'all remember I Surrender All? I Surrender All. And I didn't like that song. Because I Surrender All means I surrender all. I wanted to sing, I surrender some. Now, that's an honest hymn, but it's not too popular, right? Like, if we sang that, in the, like, so that's, but what, what would it look like if we said, God, I want to know what it's like to live a fully surrendered life to you? God, I wish I, wish I could tell y'all I'm there I'm closer than I was. But what, what would this look like if we fully surrendered to God, understanding that His ways are better than our ways? When we pray this, this is what's so cool about this prayer. We can ask God for anything, but at the end, this is what we tag it with. But God, if you got something better in mind, your will be done. Because aren't you glad? God didn't say yes to everything you ever ask him for so, so how many loaves did they have seven and they didn't know where their next meal was coming from and they gave all seven to Jesus and Jesus thanked God and he broke it and he blessed it and he gave it and watch what happened this is awesome they all ate as much as they wanted Whew, that means buffets are biblical And afterward, the disciples picked up seven large loaves. Nope. Seven large baskets of leftover food. There were 4,000 men who were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. This is mind-blowing. They gave seven loaves. They got back immeasurably more than all they could ever ask or imagine. And when we fully surrender what we've got to the Lord, he always gives us back more than we can imagine. Now, here's the sticking point. Some people are like, well, if I've got seven loaves of guilt and I give him all my guilt, I don't want him to... Multiply all my guilt, then give me seven baskets full of guilt, which that's what religion will do. But when we give Jesus our seven loaves of guilt, He'll give us our seven baskets of grace. And what, what we get in return for what we give Him every time is immeasurably more than all we could ever amass, ask or imagine. So, why wouldn't we surrender? Why wouldn't we fully surrender to a God whose thoughts and ways are higher and greater? And for the person that goes, well, the reason I couldn't fully surrender is because I'm too messed up. Well, we sang about it earlier. We're about to sing about it again. If his mercy is falling and his grace is amazing, that means the potential for our lives is unlimited in Christ. So Jesus, I want to thank you so much for your mercy and for your grace and for your unconditional love. And I pray for every single person in this room today that really does wrestle with guilt, shame, regret. God, that they would, they would understand that when your mercy falls, that forgiveness and freedom is abundant. God, I pray for the person that maybe thinks They can't take another step for the person that feels paralyzed by fear. God, for those of us that wrestle with compassion, whatever God, whatever you spoke to us in today's message, I pray that God that that would resonate in our heart and we would understand that God, as your mercy falls right now in this place, that we would know that you are with us, you're for us, your plans for us are greater than we could ever imagine Jesus thank you so much that your presence is your presence is so real in this place right now and with heads bowed and eyes closed which prayer stood out to you the most which, which prayer resonated which prayer when you wrote it down it just I would just challenge you right where you stand to just pray that to the Lord right now just, just offer that up to him right now And maybe you're here today, maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never, you've never, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've you never told Jesus, I, I want you to come into my life and take over. You can have it all. That's what being a Christian is. If you're here today and you want to invite Christ to come into your life, you want to give your life to Jesus, then I'm going to invite you right where you stand to pray, pray a prayer. I'm going to lead you in this prayer from the stage. You just pray it. But here at Second Chance, we pray it out loud. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me out loud, but not alone. Because everybody in our Second Chance family is going to pray this with you. Whether you're in this room or whether you're in overflow right now. Whether you're watching online, I want you to pray this with me out loud. And Second Chance family, let's make sure they don't pray it alone. If you want to accept Christ in your life today, you just pray this with me. Say, Jesus Christ. I know that I'm a sinner. And I need you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross. And you rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I declare you as Lord. Come into my life and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. But heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room. If you just prayed to receive Christ, I want you to do me a favor. You, you just made the most important decision of your life. And before you leave this place, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. So if you just prayed to receive Christ, would you do me a favor all over this room and just hold your hand up really high and just hold it up high because I want to see it. I want to make sure, amen, amen. Keep them up, keep them up because I see hands. I want to make sure I see everybody's hand so I can pray with you and I can pray for you. God, right here in the back, that's awesome. Jesus, I want to thank you today. Jesus, I want to thank you that there's never been a Sunday that you didn't save someone. We know salvation happens, Jesus, because you draw people to yourself. You are at work in this room. Father, I pray for the, for those in this room that feel wounded, for those that feel worthless, for those that feel rejected and filled with shame and guilt and doubt, that we would know, Jesus, that You are the one that brings dead things back to life, and if you, Jesus, can conquer death, then in you we can conquer guilt and shame and addiction and depression. We can conquer it all in your name because you are the King of kings, and you are the Lord of lords, and there is no one greater, and there is no one higher, and everybody that agreed with this said amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Man, don't miss next Sunday. It's going to be a party. We love you guys. God bless.